This is obviously a podcast about wrestling. Join us every week as we talk about wrestling. Oh my god! Mostly NXT, sometimes some other wrestling. Oh wow! Is this awesome? There are no words! Maybe. Clapsing. Don't need to do that. No TV. No video. That's a throwback to an older episode that we did that with no video. Still no video. Welcome to Obviously a Podcast about wrestling. A wrestling podcast with that guy. Adam. And, and that guy. Uh, David. I was about to say, and this guy, David, because I can never remember. So, what do we start with? Uh, we have... Sad news. Yeah, we're going to start sad with news. the sad We're going to start we're with... We're going to end with like the happy news. End with the happy news? Yeah. Okay, the saddest news. Saddest news in the world. This is the last episode of obviously a podcast about wrestling. Not so sad news. It's because we're changing names and kind of refining what we're doing a little bit. So here is the uh, the, the the lowdown, as it were. Um, we are going to be starting a podcast called Discover Progress. And the whole thing is going to be us watching Progress Wrestling from Chapter 1 all the way through and reviewing, hopefully, likely, week to week. I don't know exactly what Join us like on our 70-some-odd-week Trip. Yeah, right now they're at 78, chapter 78, plus whatever happens in between. Because on demand progress, there's like 260 or 280-some videos. Yes. So we'll see what that entails. But so, yes, um, we are going to uh, we're going to be launching that right away. We should have like an introduction episode up in the next day or two, depending how long iTunes takes to verify said podcast. Um, so just keep looking for it and... It's it's discover well just discover progress discover dot yeah progress dot. I think I don't know if that's how it'll show up on iTunes or whatever if it'll just be discover progress I'm not too sure anyways you'll be able to find us um, we will still talk about NXT some stuff going on in NXT and obviously NXT UK uh, just the bulk of the shows instead of reviewing weekly NXT stuff it'll be talking about wrestling that's six years old <laughs> really old baby noamdar so, yeah exactly and tiny so, little Legero. yeah stuff like that so um yeah so go find us there if you follow us on instagram and stuff like that you you may have noticed that we actually changed uh instagram handles and all that fun jazz already um and then i posted a picture that says discovering progress because that was the initial title and just then ignore I, that then i changed it before we actually launched anything so it was a good time but there's that little snafu on the internet. <laughs> yes, we have a lot to go through. Yeah, but four episodes of NXT UK, yeah. two episodes of NXT, and Takeover War Games too. Saying all of that, there hasn't been a lot happening on NXT UK, no, or NXT TV. Well, well I mean, I think I think we'll just review um, technically everything that happened at War Games, starting from what we we just watched on TV. Uh, because those were like the little the pre-show. pre-show matches or whatever, and then go through the card because we're not really going to follow it up that in depth. So, no. um, but yeah, in the next week or so, well, next few days, make sure you look up Discover Progress, uh, subscribe wherever, and all that fun stuff. Subscribe. And you can follow us on the old Instagram at Discover Progress. Follow us; it'll be a good time. I wonder if they'll if Progress if I keep tagging them if they'll be like stop it, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> Hashtag Progress. Hashtag This is Progress. Hashtag This is Progress. At This is underscore progress i think uh i don't even do we follow them yeah okay (laughs) you fix that right no you follow them did i follow them i followed a ton of people i don't know slew of followings 
Anyway, anyway, anywho, anyhow, let's uh, let's get into uh, Takeover War Games. First match. First match was old Keith, Keith Lee. Lee versus someone. Someone what, Fidel. Uh, Bravo, Fidel Bravo. That's right. He I feel like I've seen him somewhere before. I have. I don't. He also him. looked like a really bad, like broken Matt Hardy. Yeah, kind of like just this body shape, crazy hair. It was funny. Well, um, maybe he was in a tag team match with um the Brit and Brawlers. It's possible he may have just been an enhancement talent at some point on NXT. Yeah. Um, but yeah. murdered, destroyed, yeah, yeah, it crushed. Was, it was fine. It was a little crunched. I found so like the the what is essentially the pre-show. I found to be very different from the past because usually yeah. you'd have kind of two matches, and the two matches would be matches that had a bit of story going into them. Mm-hmm. So prime example could have been had they not wrapped this up already, but something like Street Profits against the Mighty mm-hmm. as one of your matches. And then I mean Nikki and Candice, there was some story there. Something like that. But instead, we got two squash matches and then Nikki and Candice. Yes. So Keith Lee, the first squash match, and then uh, Lars came out and I don't even know what the that freak. guy's name was. Uh, K- 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 it started with a K. Sure. I don't that remember. K guy. And then Lars Billy was like. Billy K. It was Billy K. K. Uh, sure. <laughs> um, and then Lars did a promo saying, I want my title shot. Yeah. And just to drive home that point, he was going to smash the guy again. Yeah. And then Keith, Keith Lee came Lee out and made the save. So they've got a match next week. Um, Exciting. So I'm going to assume that's Lars's final match because, spoiler alert, if you didn't see uh, Survivor, Survivor Series, Series or Raw, or Raw yeah, say there's a vignette playing that says Lars Sullivan coming soon. So he's getting the old call up. Hooray. Um, and so, if, yeah, for me, I'm kind of like, all right. I don't have to see him as much. I, I after I, w- I watched saw that on Survivor Series, I was like, ah. I texted <laughs> Dave. <laughs> Lars Sullivan's going on the main roster. Good respond was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, we'll see. I, I, I assume Keith Lee wins that as Lars's sell uh, sell off um, send, off. send off and to kind of push Keith Lee as the next big sort of guy. Big tough except, guy. Except he's a face right now. He's no bomber, Dave Mastiff. No bomber, Dave. Um, but yeah, so. We'll we'll see where that goes, That's I guess. Exciting. And then we had uh, Nikki Cross and Candice LeRae, which of course is like the wrap up to the whole Johnny Gargano, Alistair Black story, which we will wrap up later on the show. Much later, not really. But yeah, not but really. In like two matches, I think three, two. It was the second match. There was were. A... Oh, I guess the third technically because there was third a surprise match. match. Yes. Ah. Anyway, anyway, so Nikki Cross, Candice LeRae. I was surprised because I assume. Nikki Cross is on her way out as well. She's already debuted on SmackDown. Yeah. So I don't know what they're doing with her in regards to that. Because she hasn't been back. That was a couple weeks ago. She hasn't been back on. So who knows? Were they in... Where did that match happen? Were they in the UK? Yes. Because I wonder if that it was just like a little nod One to off, yeah. being like, hey... She's from Scotland. Yeah, from Scotland. So I, I, mean, I use the accent right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I mean, I don't know, but... They, you know, she apparently is a part of the SmackDown brand, which like Morrow said so. That's where Sanity is as well, right? Yes. Yeah. So, so yeah, I thought she was, you know, that typical what NXT seems to do. You lose your last match before you move on. Unless you're Oscar. Unless you're Oscar, then you win. Then, then you, you abdicate the, the belt, belt. Yeah. and then you go. And away. then they push you for another year, and then let everyone down when you lose. And then you lose to Charlotte. And your first like big, and, big and then you lose to Carmella. And then you yeah. lose to Carmella. Again. I, yeah, it's funny because the, the loss to Charlotte I can handle. Charlotte is a she's up top there, notch like, performer. Ronda, Charlotte, Becky, yeah. Oscar. Yeah, yeah. Well, and this was I mean this was Ronda's debut that yeah. day. So I mean Charlotte was the top of the heap, really, mm. um, as far as quality. And so I mean Oscar losing fine, 
But then losing to Carmella, and I was like, huh? I mean, they used Ellsworth. Yeah. To get well, those just, losses, but yeah, it was really? Just, it was gross. I hated it. I'm so glad and that's done. But now no. she's teaming with Naomi for a non-existent <sighs> women's tag team belt. Yeah. Maybe one, ah. day. maybe one day. I mean, if, if the women's pay-per-views become a more regular thing, you're going to have to at some point. Yeah. You're going to have to introduce something like that. But anyway, um, so yeah, but Nikki Cross actually ends up getting the win here. Mm-hmm. So I, After Candice uh, kicked, out of, kicked the, out of the purge, the purge which yeah. apparently... According to Morrow, no one has ever never done. been done before. Yeah, so um, I mean, good for her. I mean, I guess it further cements the wrestlings and their inability to win. Yeah. So, which is cut. It's becoming comical. Yeah. You know, especially now that it's like, okay, Johnny's a heel. Who knows what Candace is because she she was doing the dark hair, the dark makeup, the dark clothes, and then she comes out for this, and she's like bright white with bright colors. Her hair's lighter. The makeup's not dark. I'm yeah. like, uh-huh. I don't know what's happening here. At least Johnny later in the show with his ring attire sticks to it. He leaned into it. He's yeah. leaning into it. However, I mean, jumping ahead a little bit, the fact that his ring gear was Punisher, I mean, Punisher's an anti-hero, right? Yeah. So he's like, he's playing that role, but he's still kind of, I mean, Alistair Black, to me, is a better anti-hero than Johnny. Than Johnny but we'll see where it goes. Anyway, so yeah, Nikki Cross got the win, which surprised me. So I still don't know what they're doing with her. Or if they're just like, you know what, we won't make you lose on your way out if, in fact, she's on her way out. Just because, like, you've been such a team player. They're giving her the Nikki Cross treatment. The Nikki Cross Nobody treatment? Nobody knows what's going on. Yeah, yeah that's fair. Because <laughs> she doesn't know what's going on. That's what on. it's going to be referred she's, to from ah. now on. Oh, she's getting the Nikki Cross treatment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or he's getting the Nikki Cross treatment. It's great. It's great. But this moves us on to the, the main, main show, show, which, interesting enough... Anyone paying attention that was in the crowd would have realized something was up. Anyone who watches NXT TV who's at, who was at that takeover realized, wait a minute, because Matt Riddle and Cassius Ono were supposed to fight on the quote-unquote pre-show to happen this week. Yeah. They didn't. Did not. Because... Matt Riddle came out cut a promo. Bro. And he called out Cassius Brono. Yeah. Cassius Brono. Cassius Obro. Oh, Cassius Bro Bro. bro. Um, the thing about Matt Riddle, he is bloody hilarious. He is. Because he's so weird. And because he's so weird, I, I find myself anyways, I'm more forgiving for his lack of mic skills. Yes. Because he's not very good on the mic, but no. he's so just like strange and weird that I'm like, yeah, it's fine. It's yeah, fine. It's, it's just part it's of his hilarious. character. He's just yeah. not great at it. Yeah. Um, but he's having fun. But Cassius Ono came out and cut him off and ripped a good promo. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was. I and mean, then, I mean, the part where where Matt Riddle says, "We got a ri- we got two rings, and I'm going to knock you out in both." I was like, "That was that pretty was good. pretty great." <laughs> but uh, yeah, Cash is on. He, he lied though; he didn't knock him out in both. Yeah, only in one, only in the one, and a real quick in seven seconds. In seven seconds, it was something else. Cash is on his quickest televised loss. I yep. expect. Yep. Which is funny. Oh, whoa! Wait a moment. This is going to bridge over to uh, uh, progress and what just happened on Chapter 78, 24-hour progress, people. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. Uh, of course, over on progress right, right now, at the time of recording, Trent Seven is the Atlas, Atlas champion. champion. And so he's got this open challenge going on. Yeah. And Zach Gibson answered it. And in that open challenge, Zach Gibson made fun of Trent Seven for getting knocked out by Matt Riddle in seven seconds. Weird. 
So the exact same thing just happened to Cassius Ono. Yeah. And it's, it was so funny because those two matches were, were set up very similar. Now, for Trent Seven and Zach Gibson, they had way more time with the promos yeah. beforehand because it went for a good probably 10 minutes of them going Amazing back Amazing promos. Hilarious. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Just insulting each other. It was good stuff. It was almost a rap battle. Almost a rap battle. And then as soon as the bell rings... Uh, Trent Seven comes out. I think he like cross bodied him or something. Running cross body, one, two, three, <laughs> five thing, seconds. Five seconds, yeah. Five second win. Yeah. And so, but it's just funny that, wait a minute, they were talking about Matt Riddle knocking him out and set, so he's seven yeah. seconds again. Uh, but uh, of course, how the how the match goes, Cassius basically says, ring the bell, ref. And he climbs in the ring and the ref rings the bell. Charges so he's Matt. charges out of him and just eats a knee. Because yeah. Matt's, Matt's not looking at first, turns around, boom, throws the knee up, game over, Cassius is out. And, great match uh, and great selling at the end too by Cassius, like Cassius really getting up, it. still wanting to fight, yeah, and then but also being like on rubber legs. It was it was great, uh, but yeah, it was. I thought it was a fantastic way. You kind of spoiled it a little bit for me when I texted because you yeah, about we didn't it. we didn't watch it together, and so we make picks, which we never got to record our picks. But I will say I went five for five. I went. I think you went four, four for five. five. Yeah. So. Um, but you you texted me. You're like, oh, Matt Riddle versus Cassius Ono. I'm like, well, I guess that's happening on yeah. the card because it was supposed <laughs> to be for next week, and so or for now this week. But yeah, we got to get the picks right. Yeah, and um, yeah, it was good. It was it was good. I like I liked it. So I mean, it surprised the it ruined the bit of the surprise that he was coming out. But the the result of the match was still very surprising. And yeah. Great. So that brings us to what I will say is the most disappointing match on the card. Okay. And only because it felt way too short. It was super rushed. Yeah. Especially for a two out of three falls. That, well, and that's the thing. Like, I mean, if it was just a one fall, whatever, it got like just over 10 minutes, I think. Yeah. Uh, but Shayna Baszler and Kyrie Sane. But it was a two out of three falls. Now, I mean, I guess the way they kind of did it, they got Shayna that first fall pretty quick by... Um, cheating. Yeah, by cheating. Uh, what's Jessamine uh, and... Marina. Marina. Yeah. Kyrie ate a kick to the back while yeah. Shayna was distracting the ref. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, then Shayna she puts her in the Kirifuda clutch. clutch. Gets the first one. And then I think there was a little bit of time. And before. then they actually have a pretty competitive, like, yeah. ma- the second match was actually pretty competitive. They weren't, there wasn't really any interference. And Kyrie came up clean. Yeah. With the adorable elbow. Yeah, the adorable elbow. <laughs> I like it. But yeah, so then, you know, after a bit of back and forth, yeah, it's 1 1. And then the girls go to get involved again. And everyone knew that this was going to turn into three-on-three. Three. Yeah. The question was who was coming out to um, Kyrie Sane's aid. And everyone also assumed and knew that Io Shirai... Because they're like best friends. Yeah, would be one of those. But the question was who was the other one? Now, well, I we w- could officially call them Io Shikai because it was Dakota Kai that came out yes. and... Uh, saved. Like, well, she was the first one to come out. Yeah. Which that kind of surprised me. I was like, oh... Okay. She came ripping down and there and she... Started throwing some bodies around. Yeah. And then Eo uh, comes and hits the moonsault. Glorious Great moonsault. Moon Amazing. Charlotte, moon watch your back. Because that Eo Shirai moonsault to the outside was fantastic. Yeah. Um, which is great because she had some eh, sketchy moonsaults in the uh, Mae Young. The first moonsault, I thought, in the Mae Classic just looked vicious. Yeah. Because she... Was uh, it uh, Zaya Brooks? Yeah, side, right? poor Zaya. She, she just like undershot so she just hit her with two legs to the chest like just like oof and Stug. then every other one she overshot which yeah. we had like discussed, a headbutt. yeah we had discussed it kind of felt like someone in the back was like you got to make sure yeah you got to be safe right like i wouldn't be surprised if like in japan 
I've never seen any of her matches outside her of her movie. Is actually, the main if, if it is the that right, like the double the kick. vicious, yeah, because like it was. If it's not, oh, it should be. That's a good finisher. Anyway, yeah, the moonsault to the outside was great, and it looked like she jumped to the stars. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, speaking of jumping to the stars, Kyrie went for the adorable elbow again. Yeah, and it's funny because we were talking about it afterwards. I thought in my mind I remembered it that, and maybe it's because she's done this before. But I thought Shayna caught her in the Kirafuda clutch again. But no, she actually look, made it look like she was doing that and then rolled her up. Yeah. Or like kind of or a crucifix uh, got her for the pin. But of course. It wasn't actually a pin. Yeah. Kyrie got her shoulder up at two, but yeah. the ref didn't see it. I Yeah, I don't think it was on purpose. I, maybe. I, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I mean, I kind of hope they don't go that direction. Like, oh. You know, she, Maybe, she snuck yeah. away with it because I'm like, okay, I'm okay. I mean, I like them working together, but I'd also like some time in between. Yeah. You know, like I don't want the next takeover. I mean, maybe they do it on TV. Who knows? But I don't want the next takeover to be Kyrie, Kyrie Sane and Shayna Baszler again, which I, I mean, it probably will be, but it'll probably be a six woman tag. Yeah. And I mean, maybe if they do that, they could, they could make it a little bit unique and do the six woman tag. And if Kyrie's team wins, Kyrie wins the belt. Yeah. That could be interesting because, I mean, it's just been nothing but run-ins for the last couple matches anyways. So who knows? And it's been a while since we've seen something like that where it's like a title changes hands and not really a normal title changing yeah. hands predicament. Um, but that would be nice. A little fresh. Anyway, the only disappointment I really had with the match, I thought it was booked fine. I thought it was the, the result was what I expected. Um, the only thing was it was it only got to, it was very short. It was also the opening match. You're not going to give a two out of three falls. Well, I guess second the second match. You're not <laughs> going to give a two out of three falls match. Man, could they have given that seven seconds? <laughs> it just felt like it was seven seconds short. Yeah. Um, but you know you're not gonna you're not gonna give it half an hour as your kind of first official match. No. So it was good. It was good. But uh, then our next match was the match that I was most excited for on the card and the longest build yes out of any and the most intriguing so long so it is funny to me so i mean obviously the alistair black story came out of necessity because he was injured yes and he got dick kicked (laughs) really hard really hard by tomato champs yeah but that's i mean that's not the story that's the truth no that's the truth that's not the story um so it felt weird a little bit that this was like in the middle of the card Maybe it was NXT trying to get away from just so many friggin' Johnny Gargano grudge matches, headlining takeovers, yeah, main eventing takeovers, because it's been the last two every time. Well, actually three, because even when he fought Ciampa at Philadelphia, no, was it Philly? Yeah. Philly? The Chicago. The first one. The, well, Chicago the, was no Chicago Street bar, fight. The unsanctioned match was unsanctioned in Philly. Unsanctioned was Philly, yeah. And then the so, Chicago Street fight. Yeah. And then the then last man standing. Man standing. They've all been the main event. Yeah. And so maybe it was just trying to get away from that a little bit, even though it's a, you know, a different opponent. But it did feel weird for how long that story build was and how much it involved a good chunk of the roster, the way they went about it. It felt weird that it was just like, here it is. Yeah. But it was a great match. So good. It was the knee from Aleister Black as Johnny suicide dives to the outside yeah. and Alistair's like, Nope, <laughs> just jumps up with the knee. Johnny oh. pulling the fast one on uh, Alistair, begging yeah, him to black mass him saying yeah, he's sorry. Yeah, and then he just goes for a well, cheeky little roll up. I mean, but that was a callback to Alistair doing it to him right before that. Cause when Alistair sits down in the middle of the ring before Johnny's about to do the super kick, he says, give me your best shot, John. And then he goes for it and he rolls him up Yeah, or he rolled out of the way. I think then hit him with a knee or something, but yeah. baited him in. And then, yeah, it was, it was 
such a good like head game psychological kind of match where they were doing things like that because there was the bit where Black does like the the backflip off the ropes. Yeah, you know, it's like oh, I was going to jump now. I'm not because you moved, and then Johnny just. He appears just, on the other side he, of the ring, comes in, just like clocks As soon him. as he did it, he started running off to the side. Yeah. And he went, dove in, and he just, bam, took him, like yes. super kicked him right in the it side was, of the head. It was amazing. It was great. Yeah, so there was a lot of kind of those bits going on that were fantastic. And I mean, like I've come to expect that from either an Alistair Black match, or and maybe it's because this is where it all really seemed to get a foothold in NXT, or a uh, Velveteen Dream match. Right. When those two guys had their match that first time, I guess that only time, it was all about the storytelling in that regard, right? Yeah. Like, just like, we all know what you do. And, I mean, that's the thing with wrestling. Like, we can get caught up and kind of go, for him to do that, like, I know you will always make a uh, make a stink about Mark Andrews doing his uh, stun dog millionaire. Yeah. Like, this guy doesn't do a suplex, right? So why does he have to suplex him for this move? And so... In case you're you're not familiar, Mark Andrews, if you haven't seen it, he'll get look like he's about to get su- suplexed, but he reverses it and turns it into a stunner. And um, so it's interesting what they've kind of done a number of times, where it's like these little signature things that guys do that one guy will also be like, "I know what you do." So he like what, yeah. either he catches him with like Alistair doing the backflip thing, he's like crack, just like when Adam Cole caught Alistair doing the backflip with the super kick, yeah, which was. Might have been the kick of the century. I don't um, know. It was fantastic. Also, but. Noam Dar does it a lot. Like, he chased um, Lince once oh, when like he when was doing the, the handspring. Do he the... just kicked his oh, light yeah. hand out yeah. from underneath him. Yeah. And, or so, and like, someone did it to um, Andrade as well when he does the side thing. Yeah. And Which they just I, I love followed it. him yeah. in and kicked him out of the ring. It's totally like those. The, I mean, obviously, you don't want it to happen every time. No. Right? Because then that too becomes. But I, but I like when a guy catches on and. Uses that against his opponent, basically. Yeah. So it was, it was really good. But yeah, in the end, Black did win um, with not one, but two Black masses, which also gave me all the feels that uh, Sami Zayn gave me when he had that match with Kevin Owens, the one that he actually won. Oh, yeah. Huluva kicked him, and caught him, set him back up, and Huluva kicked him again. Yeah. And so Black, it was very similar. He black masses him, and then Johnny falls into him, and he just holds him up. Like, he's literally leaning against Black's chest. And then Black, the best part was, I don't know if you noticed it, but right before he kicks him again, Black holds him up by his beard. Like, he's holding on to his beard to keep him up, and then he says, what do you say? I I absolve you of of your your sins, sins, and then then, just kicks his head off. Oh, man. Yeah, so to me, that says that's over. Yeah. Right? Especially the line, I absolve you of your sins, game over. But then it was funny, because this week on, on TV, they... Uh, I don't know who it was in the back. A girl. I don't know if I've ever seen her. It was Candace. No, 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 no. But who was trying to interview Alistair. Oh, yeah. Uh, I feel like this was the first time I feel like I've seen her. But maybe I'm wrong. But anyway, she's trying to catch him. Alistair, Alistair, so does this mean you're done with Johnny Gargano? And then he doesn't answer her and keeps walking and then sees Candace. And And I don't think he said anything to her either. And then just walked off. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting. You know, I I will say this. I'm about 100% sure Alistair Black was wearing protection. (laughs) (laughs) It was more than likely. Oh yeah, which I mean, you probably can't blame him. <laughs> no, want to be better safe than sorry, I suppose. But it so, could, yeah, yeah, it was it was a it was a really fantastic match. I'm trying to think if it's like everything I expected it to be because when that match was announced, I was like, that's going to be a good match. Mm. And I mean, it didn't leave me in awe the same way Dream Black did or Black Cole did, but it was up there. 
it was really good. Mm-hmm. This whole card was kind of that way, and I was trying to figure out why. Like it didn't, it didn't leave me in awe, but it did. And I think that's because maybe we've we've just gotten spoiled. Yeah. Like every takeover that rolls around, you're like, how's it going to top that? And now it's to this point where I'm just like, you just expect that. Oh, from start to finish, this card's going to be great. You yeah. Know? And maybe it was because this card. It was great. It was, but you didn't go in with a match that was like Cassius Ono versus Lars Sullivan. Yeah. I mean, obviously Cassius opened the card in a surprise way, and that was like that was so refreshing. It was like that's yeah. cool. So like all the matches that were on the card that were a major part of the card all had great build. You know, and it wasn't just like this. Oh, we got to get this guy to debut on Takeover, sort of vibe, right? So in the end, all matches were just like at a, a peak level. I think for me. Um, so that leads us to tomato Champs. Champa. Yeah, tomato champs. And uh, which is funny, we've referred to tomatoes a couple times on the show because we also had the vibrating tomato. Yeah. That was Alistair Black when he. <laughs> <laughs> so mad. <laughs> Sorry to anyone listening. Where is he? Where is he? No, that was the tell me. Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Tommaso Ciampa against Velveteen Dream. This match probably had the least build yeah. out of all of them. So good, though. It really was good. And, you, I mean, you could tell it was going to be good because both of those guys are mind game guys. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know if I like or dislike, like if I'm getting tired of the Tommaso Ciampa sitting on the ring apron doing the maniacal clapping and laughing bit. Yeah. Because it's like every match now he does it at some point, it feels like. I'm like, okay, I get it. <laughs> You're crazy. Like, But the match itself... Here's the thing. So when so when making our predictions on this, which again we didn't get to do an episode of predictions just because of messes, um, but uh, this was a match where I was like, I'm going like with my gut, with my like the brains on this one and picking Tommaso Ciampa, yeah, because I thought it was obvious. But in my heart, man, did I want did I want Velveteen Dream to win? And because, there's so many times where oh, it's like, oh my goodness, he's going to win. Probably the most insane near falls, false finishes. Oh. Ah, it was it was something. It was good. It was exhausting. <laughs> but um, need a cigarette after. Needed a cigarette. I, I do after most. I don't know what it is about Velveteen Dream because I don't like when I watch him perform. He's not like the most. You don't see him and go, "That guy is such a fluid wrestler" or anything yeah. like that. He just somehow tells a story. I mean, obviously his mic work and character work that he does yeah. outside of the ring is fantastic, unbelievable. Yeah. But in the ring, he, like in the ring, I think he's he's fine. He's he's good, um, and maybe it's just like I don't know what it, he can. He tells stories when he gets in those matches, and I'd like to know how much of that is him calling the shots, or if it's just you know what I mean. Because like sometimes you get guys in the ring, it's like okay, this guy's going to lead the match, and this is the story we're going to tell. Mm-hmm. Like Bret Hart, for instance, when you read like his book and whatever, it's like that's he was like. Almost, he, he loved calling the matches, yeah. right? Like, and that's just the way some guys work. And uh, but Velveteen Dream, I, I I would be surprised if he's calling the matches. Um, seeing some of the guys he's working with and their experience compared to his, but man alive, does he put on quite a great the show. show? Yeah, yeah. the and, an experience, an experience. Welcome to the experience. That was a great <laughs> little bit. As he, I think he clotheslined Champa over the ropes. Yeah. I was trying to remember if it was in this match. And now I need to go back and rewatch it, or if it was something maybe on because I also watched Progress, Chapter Seventy Eight recently. So if it happened in that, I think it was this match though, where he suplexes him from the inside of the ring to the outside. So not even on the apron, he suplexes him over the ropes, and then of course the momentum of Champa 
brings Gar- or, uh, brings Dream over with him. I can't say Champa without saying Gargano. It's hard, isn't it? <laughs> because it's all we've been we've been we've been trained. Johnny Champa and Tommaso Gargano. Yeah, there you go. Um, but yeah, this this match was great. Of course, in the end, Champa wins. Um, with a sick DDT sick, to the well, metal part of the. Did he DDT him twice? Uh, no. What did he? Because he DDT'd him to like the yeah. So in between the two rings was like this metal connector. So he DDT'd him on that. That was the end of it. And, and then, then he dragged just, him in. Did he just drag him in? Yeah. I thought he DDT'd him again for yeah. some reason, but um, he hit him. He went for a DDT earlier. Yeah. But Dream blocked it, and then um, I know Dream went for uh, the Purple Rainmaker. To the apron. And well, that's what set up the end, right? Yeah, yeah. Moved. Yeah, which I thought it was funny because when Champa kicked out, uh, was I don't know if it was his twisting DDT or if it was a purple rainmaker that Champa kicked, kicked out, out of, of those. Yeah, yeah. But leading up to this, because yeah. then the way he kicked himself out, he like was like half <laughs> half over the bottom rope, like leaning out, like baiting him in. Yeah, and then he goes for the yeah, the elbow drop to the apron, which misses. And then when when Champa dragged him into the ring. The way that Dream's arm bent, so he just must be able to hyperextend his elbow some because it looked gross to me. Like my arm, when I do it, it's like I can only get it to really go straight. But his was like bending back a little bit. It was kind of gross. But anyways, um, it was a great match with a great finish. The funny thing is with Ciampa, did he do that draping DDT before the Gargano stuff? Uh, Not on NXT TV. Because, like, it feels like it's set up as his finisher because he would catch Gargano doing the slingshot spear. Yeah. And now it's just his, one of his finishers, like one of his signatures. Yeah. So it's funny because it is one of those moves where I, I get annoyed anytime it gets set up. I'm like, with, say, like Randy Orton when he does it, I'm like, I just hate him. Like, well, why do you get in the ring that way, guys? Yeah. Like, you know he does this. Roll in. Going, going back to, you know, like calling guys shots, right? Like, where, you know, like... um Black does the backflip thing, and then Gargano runs around and clocks him because he yeah. knows he's not going to be paying attention. It's like, so like, when, yeah, when guys are like crawling in the ring that way, it's like you're gonna, you're, you're, you just got DDT'd. Like <laughs> you're just, you're begging for it. Well done, but yeah, no, it was, it was a fantastic match. Um, and we know you. I mean, you pointed it out when we were watching NXT this week is that every match on that card progressively got longer. Yes, <laughs> starting at seven seconds, which leads us to the longest match of the night. And a whopping 47 yeah, minutes and yeah. change. Which, I mean, I mean, it's a match that you know is going to be long anyways, because before the match, as Morrow would often repeat, before the match officially begins, every guy has to get into the ring. And at first, it's two guys for five minutes, and then it's like every three minutes, I think, and after that. every three minutes, one guy enters. One guy comes in, so it takes a while to even get everyone in the ring. And I was very much done with Morrow telling me that the match hasn't even officially begun yet. Like, <sighs> I think what should have happened... What might have been entertaining is if, and I don't know how they would have done this, but so when they lock Pete Dunn in the cage, yeah, if they would have done this thing where it's like, well, he's actually got X amount of time to get in the ring yeah. before the match officially begins. Because Morrow kept saying, well, the match can't officially begin if he's not in the ring. Yeah. And so, I mean, he wasn't locked in for too, too long. So they go to the back and they get the bolt cutters and get him out. But I, I was thinking it would have been interesting if the ref just went, like he does a count or whatever, and it doesn't necessarily disqualify Pete Dunne, but the match officially starts, and now it's five, uh, four on three. Right. If Pete Dunne then gets out after the refs are in the ring, because I think it's two refs in the ring. 
One per ring. Yeah. So once they get in the ring and the cage is locked, then Pete's able to get out. And it looks like it's four on three, a handicap match for a little bit. And then, like, Pete climbs the cage or something, yeah. right? Like, gets himself into the cage and into the match. Instead, when um, uh, Bobby Fish locked him in, it was more just like, well, he struggles for a little bit while the timer counts down. And then they can't open it, so they run back and get bolt cutters. And I'm sure he was only out for maybe... A minute a of minutes, like yeah. time that he was actually able to be in the ring. Yeah. And then he ran so, down and he tossed in a bunch of kendo sticks and chairs yeah. and tables and garbage yeah. cans and. Well, yeah, because it started with um, I was Bobby, I guess Bobby Fish came in last for era undisputed yeah. era. He first threw all the chairs in, yeah, the undisputed era chairs, and then yeah, when Pete comes down, he loads tables in and kendo sticks. It's like so that was my real my only real complaint, and I mean I guess the thing is like those are going to be part of the match. So how else do you get them in there? Yeah, right, like. Uh, although it would be entertaining sometime, maybe like if, if when this War Games match starts, if when like the first two guys get in the ring, they both grabbed like kendo sticks, yeah, and then just started beating each other for a few minutes with kendo sticks and whatever, and then like the the idea that like last year it was Killian Dane throwing everything into the ring and just being like, all right, here we go, it's about to get crazy, and then they did the exact same thing kind of again this year. Which, yeah. again, how else do you get them in there? It adds to you know the spectacle of the match. Which there was a part where, I think it was Hanson, mm-hmm. got thrown onto a chair. It was either Hanson or Rowe. Got that thrown was Rowe, on, yeah. Thrown Roger onto a chair. Threw Rowe onto a chair. <laughs> and, but the chair just like, boom, like fires out from underneath him into the corner. I was like, that was fantastic. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. But obviously the big spot of this match was uh, Ricochet doing a double, was it a double moonsault? Yeah, Techn- senton, I mean, was, yeah. yeah, I guess it was like a backflip he was doing, not not quite an a 054 senton he was, Yeah, well, no, it wouldn't be an 054 because then he would jump backwards but flip inwards, right? He flipped backwards. Yeah. But um, it was basically just a double backflip, which I think they called it a moonsault. It was not a moonsault. It wasn't because a moonsault he would have his arms and legs yeah. where he, he totally tucked. But um, it was insane because when this match was announced, I don't know if I said it on here, but I said, how many? it's not a question of whether or not Ricochet will flip off the cage. The question is how many flips will he do when he jumps off the cage? The answer two. is two. And then he landed on Hanson in a row. <laughs> yeah, well, whatever. People <laughs> who complain about that need to just get over themselves. I cannot. <laughs> you I will cannot. not. He should really quit doing that and taking out his own teammates. Uh, but Listen, they're there for his safety. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. It's, it, hey, Adam. Adam, it's not real. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what? They are there to break his fall. <laughs> that's, uh, uh, that's wrestling in a nutshell. Hey, you want to break my fall? <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> wrestling, wrestling in a nutshell. Speaking of breaking falls, yep. Bobby Fish delivered a gruesome spear to row into a table. Oh, yeah. That, that was, setup uh, was great. Like I was like, how are they going to use that? Because it was table. just leaning against yeah. the camera post in the middle of well, in he between had, the two rings. And Roe had I can't remember if Roe like set it up there like it looked like he was going to use it then because they kind of like brought the tables in and put them yeah, to the side sort of right. But yeah. that one, yeah, he leaned it against the cage, whereas the other one was on its side, kind of tucked out. And I don't even remember how that other one got used. Someone got smashed. Oh yeah, it, yeah, I would say it definitely got used. But um, so yeah, it was it was a fun match. The, the, the classic they've taken it over the top. With the spot where everybody gets slammed except for Ricochet because he's on top of the cage, but where Ricochet and Cole go up to the top and they're they're fighting, and then yeah. one by one guys climb up and start grabbing guys for superplexes, and then uh, Hanson had 
Is it fish? Fish, yeah. Oh, fish um, was on his back. Yeah. And then, yeah. So he just like, walked down there, grabbed <laughs> everyone, just tossed everybody the down. Ground. Yeah. And then Ricochet is like, okay, this is my cue. I'm going to get crazy. But in the end, the good guys win. Which that was your downfall. That was when my it came downfall. To predictions. I was like, undisputed will be undefeated. Undefeated era. They will have a win streak. Instead, yeah. they got their win streak. Yeah, destroyed. As, as Morrow says, the win streak is over. Morrow, Morrow, Morrow. You have to have more. One, than win, one win is not a win streak. One win is a win. Yes, more wins. <laughs> yeah. Need more wins on your belt for a win streak. Yeah. So, but yeah, in the in the end. Uh, oh, and also was, interesting in the end, we had the the double pin, like both done in ricochet pin. Adam uh, Cole. Cole. Yeah. So after a bitter end and a. 450? Yeah. yeah, it was yeah, a 450 yeah. splash. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the question, I guess, uh, or does he, no, he does a shooting star, doesn't he? I don't know what it was. It was you a flip get, off the top rope. You row. didn't get to see most of it. Yeah, that's right. He, he just, just came flying in from Dunn the corner. You saw Pete Dunn roll out of the way. Yeah, yeah, I was like, where's Pete going? Oh! Thud. <laughs> Thud. Yeah, so they both pin uh, Adam Cole, and which you have to assume will set up another champion versus champion yeah. match. And part of me wonders if, like, that was done out of the fact that, like, if that was always the, like, back with the first champion versus champion match. Was that supposed to be the end of that idea? Or if, or was it always planned that eventually down the road that's likely where they were going to go again? Mm -hmm. Or if it was a case of, man, everyone reacted great to that match and we ruined the ending. (laughs) Yeah. Let's Let's give give them that match. However, yeah, when we do it again, what do you do with that? Like who wins Either that match? Either you have to have it, or it needs to be like the Chris Benoit Kurt Angle. Yeah, I'll say, but but uh, Chris no, Jericho match. You know what they could do? Both the belts were on the line. This the would be pin. this would be the Randy Orton John Cena match, where they trade belts. Well, I was gonna say, but you do like a ladder match. Oh yeah, and you you got to grab. Like if you can grab both belts, you grab both belts, or right. if you grab one belt, you could even I, like I, I don't know how they did that match. I didn't watch, but if they had. If you suspended the belts apart from each other, so it's not right. just go and grab two at the same time, but if you could do them where they were kind of split up a little bit, so you'd literally need to climb a second time, you might be able to get away with something like that where they both like cool. keep their belts um, because or have uh, different exchange belts. or something. They could exchange belts, and then Ricochet goes on NXT UK for a taping to get or his two. butt kicked by Zach Gibson soon, soon. <laughs> to be recognized. <laughs> Uh, soon to get new material. I was. Uh, <laughs> I just want, which oh is also funny because Zach Gibson and uh, Trent Seven fighting on on uh, progress. Also this week we had Zach Gibson and uh, Trent Seven, or was that last week? No, it was last. That was week. last week. <laughs> so I was like, wow, this this match is just still happening. Yeah. Um, uh, speaking of uh, on the NXT UK, a couple things. The women's championship tournaments. Oh, yeah. we're full down swing. To our we're down to our final now. two. Tony Storm versus Rhea Ripley. Yep. The Battle and of Australia. If you know the Lights. winner, you know the winner. Yeah. It's whatever. Yeah. Uh, it'll be exciting. I think it's going to be a pretty good match. They're both Should very be. good competitors. Yeah. Um, setting up a couple of new tag teams. Yeah. Uh, James Drake and Zach Gibson. Yes. This uh, is not a new tag team. Well, it's but new yeah. for NXT UK. Yeah, well, Grizzled is, Young yeah. Vets. Uh, we got Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews and, and his protege, Flash Morgan, Flash Webster. Morgan Webster. And then this week, was this the first time we had um, the muscle cat, Jesus, uh, Saxon it, Huxley? Actually, it's his third tag team match. Yeah, I was going to say. With, it was with, him and Sam Gradwell yeah. first. Sam Gradwell, I guess, got injured. Okay. So they replaced Sam with Joseph Connors. Okay, so I was wondering if this was this, if they had fought with if he'd fought with Connors more than once. So they won their, their first match together. Yeah. And then they lost this match. 
to Flash and, and Mark. Mark. And then uh, on the back of Saxon not tagging Joseph in. Yeah. And so Joseph oh, that's right. destroyed Saxon that's right. Huxley. Yeah, yeah. So who knows? So that tag team's gone, yep. sadly. No more Muscle Cat. No more Jesus. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, there, I guess. It was quite entertaining because people started shouting, you're a sinner at Joseph Connors. That's right. <laughs> and then as he was standing at, on the middle of the ramp, people were shouting Judas at him. Judas. Yeah, they, sh- they, sh- they shouted Judas at him first. As soon yeah. as he started jumping, Judas, Judas, <laughs> yeah. and then you're a sinner. You're a sinner. So it's pretty great. Um, so here's one one kind of final thought. I mean, okay, so real quick though, Takeover War Games two, um, you liked it? I loved it. It was, <laughs> it was good. It was really good. I I like furthering my point earlier. I feel like I oftentimes will leave takeovers being like that match was insane. Yeah. That particular match was insane. I didn't have that on this card because I think all the matches were so good. Yeah, as um, a whole, you, my, literally you can my, be like, well, with like Alistair Black, Velveteen Dream, you're like, that match was insane. That pay-per-view was okay. Right. This one, you don't say that match is insane. It's just that pay-per-view was insane. Because I think um, every match was my, good. my only real complaint, like I I'm, took a jab at throwing the weapons in, the yeah. same, you know, but my only real complaint was literally the time that they allotted for... The ladies. Um, the ladies match, because at two out of three falls, I felt like, give it five more minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, even that would feel short, but yeah. at least if you're like 15 minutes, and you know, like, if it meant taking five minutes here and there from other matches, you'd be okay. Yeah. You know, like... like war not, game, the, the actual War Games match was exhausting. It could have been five minutes The pay-per-view didn't even feel long. Like, no. I worked that night, hence we didn't watch it together, but yeah. I, I started it at like 9.30 at night, and I, I finished just after midnight. Mm-hmm. However, like, I think I skipped through some of like the, the vignettes and stuff like that, because I'm like, I don't need You don't need to watch them we again, because we watched them all. But yeah, yeah so it, it was really good. I was going to say one, one quick final thought because we're going to be transitioning again. If you, if you forgot from the beginning, uh, we're starting a new podcast. This is the last one for this. We will continue to review takeovers, takeovers and, and talk about, and we'll NXTs. talk about, yeah, yeah. But instead of our focus being on NXT and just reviewing every week, we're going to be focusing on journeying through discovering progress wrestling from chapter one all the way on. So if you've never seen it before, if you've never watched Progress before, um, you could watch join along us. with us. Yeah, join yeah. us. Uh, if you have seen it before, you can laugh at us when we talk about things we don't understand. We will obviously talk about... We're going to do a, an episode introducing the show, so I don't need to go in too depth. But we will obviously talk about wrestlers knowing who they are today, some of these yeah. guys, right? So, um, But uh, there was one thought, I, which I keep trying to get out, is by watching Progress versus watching NXT UK, I want to know, how does WWE control the crowd? Because (laughs) I'm assuming a lot of the crowd is the same that you will find when Progress goes to those specific cities. So when you hear the crowd chants on Progress versus the crowd chants on WWE, like on NXT UK, how are they controlling them? (laughs) Because it'd be very easy. They should be just shouting, Eddie, Eddie. Eddie bleeping Dennis. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the one way they could do it, I suppose, I should pay attention. If, like, sometime you can, like, see... It'd be funny if you can, like, see a bunch of people who are clearly chanting, but the chant doesn't match. Yeah. <laughs> like, that could very well be possible. I mean, they could post up all sorts of stuff. Canvas. But Oh, Flash Morgan Webster. Oh, Flash Morgan Webster. Anyways, that'll do it for this one. Make sure you join us over on uh, Discover Progress. Again, follow us on Instagram at Discover Progress. Um, that's about the only place we're on social media right now. 
Um, maybe we'll add something as as we go on. But but tell your friends, join us. It's going to be a fun time, and uh, you will have to subscribe to that. So go find it quickly. Up yet. Go now. Right if now. it's not up yet, set a reminder in your phone. Okay, bye. Thanks for listening to Obviously, a podcast about wrestling. A wrestling podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Obviously Wrestling.